Will USC's 2024 recruiting class success be defined by what happens in July? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching me on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free, and I really do appreciate your support. You can show your appreciation, and it would mean a whole heck of a lot to the show. I can't even explain to you how much. Hit that thumbs up if you like it. And if you're not a subscriber yet and you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. It's that easy. Thank you. Look, um, intro to the show. Will USC's 2024 recruiting class, will its success be defined by what happens in July? The short answer is no. Of course not. Not in July. Nobody signs until the earliest December. So the, the more nuanced answer is, I guess it's a matter of optics. You know, USC received, what, 13 commits in the month of June? So far, they've only received one in July. That was back on July 1st, David Polipoli, defensive lineman out of the state of Pennsylvania. Um, but look, there's still a few more chances out there for USC that they're, they're waiting on. Big time elite prospects that they want. One of them is including um, Taylor Tatum, the running back. Well, Tatum is—he's picked a day to make his announcement. He—he he made that—he uh, made that announcement on Monday uh, that he's going to choose between USC and Oklahoma on July 21st. Oh, by the way, that's Pac-12 Media Day. Yikes! Um, you would really hope that USC isn't going to be sitting around with their peers. Um, when Taylor Tatum decides to uh, make his decision. Now, you hope he, they are if USC is the choice, but uh, man, yeah. Anyways, so USC is going to find out if Taylor wants to uh, be a two-sport star in Norman, Oklahoma, or if he wants to play, try and play baseball and football uh, in L.A., the place to be with USC. And then don't forget, two days later, uh, Kingston Viliamuasa, is going to make his choice known, July 23rd. Um, so like I said, so far USC has received one commitment this month. And, you know, based on, you know, how you were reading the, the tea leaves, where people are saying players are trending, some are, you know, some are saying Taylor's leaning towards Oklahoma. The others, a lot of people are saying that Kingston has been wearing too much Ohio State gear during the seven on seven tour. So, um, if you know, what happens if you know USC goes gets one one commit in July? What will that make or break there, as far as their, the success of their recruiting class? Because, like I said, so far they have one, and um, that that might be it when everything's all said and done in July, and then it becomes a waiting game. So, you know, for the fans 
and as well as for the recruits that want to see what USC's defense looks like in 2023. It's not just a waiting game to see how USC finishes the class. That's going to be predicated on what USC's defense looks like during the season. And that's really the question of the day. And for that matter, the offseason. Um, has, has Lincoln Riley and his staff done enough since the Cotton Bowl to kind of change the, the, future, the future's outlook? And I'm, when I say the future's outlook, I'm referring to defensive recruiting at the high school ranks. We know the defense took the brunt of the heat for uh, the way the season ended. Um, but you win as a team, you lose as a team. So despite the offense you know, pulling its own weight in 2022, uh, the defense and to a lesser degree, the special teams, uh, they, they're going to need to show improvement this, this upcoming season. Now, as far as taking the ball away last year, Trojan defense was what best in the country. Uh, but as far as scheme and physicality, I think it's still trying to prove its value. So uh, until that happens, you know, defensive line guys like Aiden Breland from Modern Day and Jericho Johnson from up in NorCal, uh, Fairfield, uh, or Jalen Harvey from Maryland, East Coast, um, those guys aren't, they're not going to be considering USC down the home stretch if they don't see that improvement in USC's defense. That's what I was talking about. Everyone's kind of in the wait and see mode. Not just the USC fans, but the recruits as well. Speaking of Jalen Harvey, he told We RC's Scott Schrader, and this is going to kind of back up the point I'm, I'm trying to deliver here for everybody. Quote, I just want to talk more with the coaching staff about what's going on and learn the defensive scheme more. Last time I was there, Coach Manning, Roy Manning, and me watched film, and I'd like to do more of that this time, but this time I'd also like to feel the connection with the coaches and players. Jalen, he was uh, talking about coming back out for an official visit. But, so again, it's, he wants to see what that defensive scheme is all about. That's what the high school recruits are trying to figure out. Uh, everyone's, you know, high school guys, for whatever reason, they're in a, in a wait-and-see mode. So the question how come the transfers aren't in that same wait-and-see mode? You know, USC had holes that they needed to fill after the season ended last year. Nickel spot was one of them. It was problematic last year. Um, and much of that had to do with attrition. So Jalen Smith, um, he's healthy again. And USC got a transfer, Traquan Figgins, from Alabama. Uh, can Christian Roland Wallace, can he be that third cornerback nickel? Um, or is he going to be a starter on the boundary, on the outside somewhere? Plus, you've got the versatility um, between the other guys that are returning, like Max Williams. We're going to see Zion Branch in 2020, 2023. Uh, those guys can also play that nickel spot. <clears throat> the D-line, um, post Tuli Tuiapolotu, and the pre-arrival of Bear Alexander, uh, Bars, and Anthony Lucas, and Sullivan. Uh, look, we lost Tuli. Nick Figueroa has moved on. But it sounds like USC got an upgrade. And let's not 
you know, let's not forget that Riley actually inherited some pretty good talent uh, for Sean Nua and, and Roy Manning and Alex Grinch, you know, to develop. I, I, I mentioned the position coaches specifically uh, because they're, they're, they're the ones who really work with those players the closest. Um, so, you know, those guys up front, uh, they left starting spots at their old, at their old schools. Bayer left uh, the back-to-back national championship, Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, Bars, he's risking, he's actually taking a gamble, trying to learn a new defense for the second year in a row. Because uh, that kind of hampered his productivity last year with Arizona. Uh, because the season before that, as a reminder, he was all Pac Conference. He was all, all Pac-12. And then they changed defensive coordinator in 2022, and he had to learn a new system. Will he be able to make that transition quickly this season? And, you know, again, he left Arizona that's on an uptick. And just to kind of give you an idea of what I'm talking about, Arizona just got their highest rated recruit ever on defense. And they won that battle with Dan Lanning at Oregon. So I, I guess uh, a little sarcasm on my end. I wonder if uh, if uh, Elijah Rushing checked in with Dylan Williams, since apparently you want to play defense on the West Coast. You go to Oregon, right? Anyways, back to USC. They went after Anthony Lucas really hard when he was in high school. Well, Anthony Lucas was looking for a new start, so SC's gain is Texas A&M's loss. And then Jack Sullivan, he left a starter's role at Purdue. And now he's coming over to USC to compete for a starter's role. The D-line transfers, plus guys like you know Solomon, uh, Tulia Pupu, Solo, Dejon Benton, Tyrone Tulaney, Corey Foreman. Um, it's a huge upgrade versus last season. Depth. Just the guys who transferred in are anticipated to be the you know in the two deep. Those guys I just mentioned: Solo, Dejon Benton, Tyrone Tulaney, Corey Foreman. So do they. That's the depth now. That's the advantage versus last year. And then that linebacker, Mason Cobb, Jamil Muhammad. Those guys are physical linebackers. Cobb's going to play middle linebacker, and Jamil, outside linebacker, rush in. Uh, again, they're experienced, and those guys are going to need to prove that the scheme works. The experience, what they bring, they're going to be able to step right into those spots and um, prove that the scheme works with the right Jimmys and Joes on the field. Did USC have the right Jimmys and Joes trying to execute the X's and O's in 2020-22? So if guys like Kingston, Vigiliamuasa, and uh, Taylor Tatum are committed in July elsewhere, however, you know, SC kind of kicks some butt before signing day in December and makes the playoffs, how many flips can we see? You know, right now, the Trojans have a top, what, five, six class, depending on, you know, what time it is per the on three database in July. Uh, they could potentially fall out of the top 10 by the end of July, depending on how things fall. But here's, you know, rhetorical. Was anyone disappointed with the way USC finished its 2023 recruiting class? No. Reminder, that ended with Deuce Robinson committed. So I'm not sure why the high school recruits are hesitant um, on defense. 
at least, because the transfers see an opportunity now. And there's an opportunity now for you to uh, head on over to, to Bird Dogs. Because it's summertime. It's the right time. That means it's time for you to wear your Bird Dog shorts. Bird Dogs are going to make you look good because they're designed to fit you slimmer through the thigh. So if you've got that athletic soccer leg, um, they're going to give you that sculptured look. And Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as the Lululemon, but they fit way better, way better than the Lululemon product. And they definitely fit way better than the, those regular shorts, you know, that are made with that stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs are made with the anti-stink, anti-sweat wicking fabric, and that's going to keep you really cool and dry all day long during these summer months. And there's... Look, for me, there's no trading places. Um, I like wearing my bird dogs because I look good and I feel good when I'm wearing them. So go to birddogs.com forward slash locked on college and you're going to get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash locked on college and you're going to get a free Yeti style tumbler with every order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you they are that comfortable. Hey, quick reminder, all my everydayers, everyday listeners, viewers, I've been talking about this now for a little over a week. The location is called the Cabrillo Landing. It's located on the harbor next to the Cabrillo Beach Yacht Club. I'm going to be there Tuesday. If you're watching this episode of Locked on USC, today, Tuesday, that means tonight, between 530 and 830. Um, big courtyard, big, beautiful view of the boats. If you want more information, head on over to the Facebook group, Trojan Tuesdays. I'm a part of it. There's going to be appetizers, beverages. Those will be provided. And it's all free if you're a member of the club. But you need to hurry up and get over there because tickets are limited. So RSVP before they're gone. I'll see you there Tuesday, July 11th. Around 7 p.m., uh, I'll start doing a little Q&A. So if you got some questions, shoot them at me. In this segment, we're going to talk about the difference and the preference between the 3-4 and the 4-3 defense. Which do you like? Um, which do you prefer? USC runs a variation of the 3-4. It's, it's a speed defensive concept. Uh, uses a lot of defensive backs, though. So it, very versatile. Um, so do you, you know, is a is the 3-4... Or is the four three defense which which is the the bestest? I know it's not a word. I'm, I'm making. Which one do you like the best? Do you like the three linemen with the four linebackers uh, scheme, or you know, because that one kind of makes the the offense react to the attack? Um, or you know, because in and in, in that three four, you typically need that big, strong, wide body up front um, that. That requires a double team, um, so the linebackers can kind of take advantage of you know any any gaps that open up. Do you ha does USC have a guy to line up over the ball right now? No. What I can say is USC is closer to having that type of personnel this year compared to last year. Um, Keon Bars and and Bear Alexander are just two examples, two additions. 
and if you're watching bars social media during this off season, uh, dude is strong as a freaking ox. I think he squatted 635 pounds the other day. Dude, don't hurt yourself. Anyways, um, or you know, do you prefer the the four the four linemen up front that makes it difficult for the offensive linemen to kind of double team? You know, the four three. Does USC's 2023 roster fit the 4-3 lineman better or the 3-4? Uh, the key in both the schemes, regardless, is you want to get pressure up the middle. Disruption. You want to make the quarterback move, and you want the, the running backs to have to readjust. You know, when the play is called, they know what their initial read is. You want to take away that, that first read. Make them readjust. Um, do you like the advantage of the, you know, that the versatility of the 3-4 when you can actually drop a linebacker into pass coverage? We saw that USC was successful with that last year with Eric Gentry, Shane Lee. <clears throat> Here's, I guess, if we're looking at 2023, what is the USC's defense's first priority? Is it stopping the run or stopping the pass? Well, last year, they had difficulty tackling at the point of impact. So, you know, on the run plays, three-yard runs turned into four- and five-yard runs. And then similar things happened on passing downs. Um, so I, I don't think Grinch is going to stray too far away from what he believes in. However, um, with with more with more depth, more quality um, play at the defensive end, the rush end, um, then you're not going to the 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 pass rush um, isn't going to need to come from the blitz. If you can get that production from that rush end, it's going it it might make that three four defense. That speed defense concept that Alex Grinch likes to use work. But that's the problem. If you blitz and you miss against good quarterbacks and receivers, which the Pac-12 is loaded with, I've been going over that during the offseason, um, you better be able to tackle. And that was USC's conundrum last year on defense. You know, you weren't getting the production from the rush end unless it was coming from Tuli Tuiapolo too. And the tackling was challenged. Right, that, look, that's just the nicest way of saying it. Um, so when they tried to blitz, they got close to the quarterback. They were almost there. You know, the coaches and the players talked about that as well. Just getting there wasn't, wasn't the issue. It was finishing. They were always a step late. Um, so, with the personnel that's on the roster currently, what do you like? The 4-3, 3-4, um, you know, do you want to see some flexibility from Alex this year? Uh, you know, maybe going a little bit bigger up front with certain packages, doing a little tweak here and there. And hearing some rumors that it's good, the defense is going to look different this year than it looked last year. I'm not just talking about what with the Jimmys and the Joes. We, that's the obvious. That's the duh, big red truck, there goes a fire engine. 
will we see the difference in the scheme or you know will the will the will the players make the scheme work the chicken or the egg because we're going to find out again we've heard or hearing rumors during the off season that you know a lot of with with um, the additions of the the defensive analysts uh, the emphasis being focused on the transfer portal uh, going to see a difference this year and if if the high school recruits can see that difference I, I again going back to what we were talking about in the first segment doesn't matter what happens in july let's see what happens come signing day All right, so what should we talk about next? How about it's the off season, man? And thankfully, fall camp is just a few weeks away. Again, you're watching this episode, hopefully Tuesday, July 11th. Pac-12 Media Day is July 21st. Fall camp opens just a few days after that. So let's talk about which USC freshmen are going to make the all pack conference, all pack 12 conference teams. And right away, let's just get the low hanging fruit off the tree first because everyone's going Zachariah branch. Duh. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's going to pick that one. Um, USC has a bunch of extremely talented wide receivers. Um, however, branch is different. I, I've said it before. He's Reggie Bush type of different. He has a chance to make a significant impact, not just on offense, but also special teams. He's going to get a lot of touches. So, yeah. Uh, as long as he stays healthy, Zachariah Branch will make the Pac-12 all-freshman team. Deuce Robinson is probably another solid bet. Uh, but again, he wasn't around during the spring and crowded wide receiver room. But Lincoln Riley is going to find a way to utilize six foot six, 230 pounds that runs like a deer. Yeah, you put that on the field and you find a way to get the ball in his hand. What about on defense? How about uh, Braylon Shelby? Look, the guy's body is already, it looks, it looks college ready, right? But I, I I think the issue is there's probably too many guys in front of him at that Russian position. And he, he wasn't there in the spring, wasn't available. He was in high school. <laughs> However, um, his teammate Sam Green was available during spring camp. So I'm going to say nay on Braylon Shelby, but I'm going to say yay on Sam Green. Uh, he will make freshman all-conference, and uh, I think he'll be making – other types of all-conference teams in his future. He's that good. Uh, he's that, yeah, he's that good. He was impressing this spring. What about Taka Curtis? Can, uh, can he break through and get enough playing time to make one of the all-freshman teams? We'll find out. I'm going to throw a wild card name out there. Safety, secondary, Christian Pierce from Oxnard. He was out there in the spring. 
big guy. You might have saw him. I think he got, had an interception in the spring game. He makes plays. Actually, he's not from Oxnard. Um, Rancho Cucamonga, I apologize. Malachi Crawford's out from Oxnard. Uh, but Christian Pierce, yeah. When it, Everyone's assuming that Kalen Bullock is going to be moving on to the NFL after this season. And the way his body looks, probably. Um, Christian Pierce is one of those guys who might be ready just to step in to Kalen's shoes when he, when he vacates. So, wild card there. But uh, I, I think the, the next best candidate among USC's freshman class, I think it's probably going to be Elijah Page, offensive lineman. Uh, he reminds me of another Jonah Monheim. And that's great news for the offensive line. <laughs> Uh, not just this year, obviously going forward. So those are my candidates for all Pac-12 freshman team, all freshman Pac-12 team, whatever that, uh, however you put that in there. Who do you think makes it? Will USC have more, less? You know where to find me. Give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. I'll be back with another episode of Locked on USC tomorrow because we come at you five times a week. That's why you need to hit that bell notification button so you don't miss an episode. And again, a reminder, I want to be out there at the Tuesday Trojan Club. Check it out on the Facebook, and maybe we'll see you out there in Cabrillo. So until our next episode of Locked on USC, everyone, you know what to do, right? <laughs>